So what does it really mean to go into your closet and shut the door when you pray? And why is this so important? You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 143. Today's topic, what does it really mean to go into your prayer closet? You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome once more to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm so grateful you tuned in to listen to today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about Where is the best place to pray? And what does it mean to go into your closet to pray? And who better to give us an answer to this question than Jesus? Imagine you're in the crowd on the day Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. This new preacher makes a lot of sense. He's made some very good points. He's made you think about things in a fresh new way. And you're listening intently. Partway through his sermon, he starts talking about the way people pray out on the street corner or in the synagogues. You totally get it. You've seen those people showing off, trying to impress everyone with how holy they are by the loftiness and fervor of their public prayers. But you've probably also seen these same outwardly religious folks behave in ways that are inconsistent with their seemingly righteous prayers. You've seen their hypocrisy, but you would never dare to point it out, at least not in public. You could get labeled as unfaithful, which would be a terrible insult in a community where your faith in God is the most important part of your life. But here is this Jesus preacher man openly accusing the religious leaders of being hypocrites in the way they pray. That takes a lot of courage to say these things in public, and you like him even more for it. And maybe you've seen or at least heard about the way Romans pray to their idols, repeating their petitions over and over, vainly hoping to be heard by their deities. It's a little more obvious to see the fruitlessness of that approach to prayer. But Jesus has just opened your eyes to see that there's not much difference between these two types of prayer. They are both hollow. One is hollow in motive, the other hollow in substance. Then Jesus tells the crowd to go into their closet and shut the door when they pray. This is in Matthew 6, 6. What is he talking about? Well, again, it's about your motive. Are you trying to impress other people with your mighty ability to offer impressive prayers in front of an audience? Or are you trying to show God and prove to your listeners how holy you are? Well, that's the wrong motive. 
If you've been following the news in the last few weeks, you've probably saw that the United States Supreme Court recently ruled that a public school teacher or official can lead public school students in religious worship and prayer. Now, a lot of my evangelical Christian friends are delighted about this. They are totally in favor of a public school football coach or teacher being able to lead students in prayer, preferably out on the football field where everyone can see them. They love the image of a huddle of athletes publicly praying. Now, I'm not getting into all the legal stuff here. I just want you to consider that this is the very thing Jesus was warning against. Big, showy prayers in public where everyone can see you. I don't doubt the sincerity of the folks who want and participate in this kind of prayer. I know my friends are very sincere in their faith. It's just odd to me that the very people who say they love Jesus and want to follow him are doing the exact thing he said not to, praying out in public so that they can be seen by other people. Now, there are a lot of facets to this topic of praying out in public, but the one I'm really putting up for discussion here is, where and how did Jesus tell us to pray? In public or in private? And are we going to obey him or not? And if you're one of these people who thinks that's great, I just invite you to consider again what Jesus said about when you pray, don't do it out where people can see you, go into your closet and shut the door and pray to God in private. When was the last time you prayed out loud in a group, large or small, maybe at a church, in a Bible study or a meeting? Think about the words you said. Were you trying to say a prayer that you felt everyone would agree with or think was helpful? Were you praying to God or at God? Were you praying so those around you would hear your words and be impressed? Or were you praying with a heartfelt petition to or praise for God? All too often, when we pray out loud, there's a mixture of wanting to be heard by men and sincere petitions to God. But even if you're praying silently, it's important not to let your prayers just be words without the heartfelt sentiments and desires behind the words. In telling us to pray in private, Jesus is trying, among other things, to protect us from those times when our desire for approval or to impress someone overrules our sincerity and we go overboard and get too wordy or we're trying to be noticed for how great we are at praying. So what does it really mean to go into your closet and shut the door when you pray? And why is this so important? Jewish homes didn't even have closets in the way we do today. And I don't know about you, but I don't usually go into my closet to pray. It's a pretty small space and so crammed full of stuff, there's no way I could squeeze in there. Now, I know a lot of people do have a special little room or closet they use just for prayer. Some years ago, the movie War Room popularized this idea of having a room, often an actual closet in which to pray. And if you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend it. But is this really what Jesus was getting at? Did he mean this literally to go into a closet and shut the door when you pray? Well, the best way to answer the question 
is to see how and where Jesus prayed. Did he go into a literal closet or room to pray? Well, of all the times the Bible talks about Jesus praying, he's never in a little room with the door shut. In fact, at one point in his ministry, Jesus says he doesn't even have a home of his own. This is Matthew 8.20. Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man, referring to himself, has no place even to lay his head. Well, that sort of implies he didn't have any closets either. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a special room or place to pray, but this is not specifically what Jesus is talking about. I've usually thought of the closet he was referring to, and by the way, most modern Bible translations use the word room instead of closet, as a place to be quiet where I can shut the door on all the noisy demands of a given moment and be in communion with God. Sometimes this means literally shutting the door to my bedroom or office, but even with the physical door shut, I still have to shut the mental doors to all the thoughts clamoring for attention and keeping me from focusing on my prayers. One day I got curious about the word translated closet in the King James Version of the Bible. It seems an odd word for Jesus to use, so I looked it up. It comes from the Greek word tamion, which means a dispensary or storehouse, a place for privacy where you'd keep your things. Maybe you have a pantry in your kitchen, or at least some shelves for storage. When you need something that's in there, you open the door and get what you need. Simple as that. This gives just a hint at what Jesus may be talking about. Think for a minute about the implications of going into your spiritual storehouse to ask God for something in prayer. You go in with a need, whatever it is, and shut the door. In other words, you stop thinking about all the stuff outside, and you know that what you need is in there. In fact, all you can see are the resources you already have. I think Jesus was demanding two things of us. First, he wants us to be grateful for what God has given us up to this point. But more importantly, we can pray for the current need from a place of abundance instead of lack. Since God has supplied what is already in the storehouse, he is more than capable of giving us what we need at this moment. Going into your closet, your storehouse, is going where the supplies are. Going into your prayer closet, is going where the answers are already present. So why should we shut the door and pray in secret? To close the door of our closet or private room means to shut out the world's distractions when we pray. It keeps the world's distractions out of us, but it also keeps us out of the world. And it allows us to hear God more clearly when all those distractions are silenced. Is Jesus talking about shutting a literal door? You could actually be in a closet or a private space with the door shut and still be distracted with the cares and worries of this world, especially if you take your smartphone with you and are watching TikTok videos. Have you ever set aside time to pray, but when you finally sit down to pray, it feels like your mind is a multi-tiered hamster wheel with little critters running in every direction? I certainly have. It's kind of hard to focus 
with all that mental activity going on. The door Jesus is talking about is a mental one. And you can shut this door even if you are on the crowded streets of a busy city or in a noisy airplane terminal. When I'm in a boisterous or distracting situation, sometimes I quietly say to myself something like, I am closing the door on all this worldly noise. I'm going into my prayer closet. When I realize I'm caught up in all the outward clutter the world wants me to participate in, the drama, the dreariness, and the distractions, good or bad, I can often turn things around pretty quickly, or rather, shut the door of my mental closet by asking, God, what do you think about this situation or this person? What do you see going on? Jesus' promise is that when we pray in secret, God will reward us openly in his way on his schedule. To me, this implies that you can't stay in the closet forever. You have to come out and use the resources from your storeroom, the ideas, the answers God has given you. The next time you pray, go into your secret place of spiritual abundance, shut out the nagging worries of the day or the problem at hand, and see the good God has already bestowed on you. Accept with gratitude his blessings, past, present, and future. Then pray with all your heart. Trust him with your innermost desires. One more thing about being in a closet is that you don't really need to talk out loud. You can if you want to, but God hears the unspoken desires of your heart without you saying anything. The closet is a place to quietly renew your spiritual awareness and ability to commune with God. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he would often preach, teach, and heal all day long. He had to pray on the go, but he also took time to pray in quiet solitude. On one particular day, Jesus had healed a man with an unclean spirit, Peter's mother-in-law, and a multitude of people. The next morning, Jesus got up a great while before day and went to a solitary place and there prayed. That's Mark 1.35. He needed, he wanted, he loved to commune with his heavenly Father. Jesus took his prayer closet with him wherever he went. He shut the door on the worldly voices and listened to the voice of his Father. If Jesus needed to pray, then we should never fool ourselves into thinking we can coast by without praying. And sometimes you have to get up early in the morning like he did, so there are no distractions. This deep, silent, and solitary communion with God, this going into the closet and shutting the door type of prayer, becomes a foundation for the rest of your day and allows you to know exactly how to pray on the go as challenges or issues come up. It's kind of like having your tank filled with gas and not having to worry about running out of gas when you drive around during the day. However much time Jesus spent in solitary prayer, in his prayer closet, he also went out to where the people were, people who needed his message of healing, hope, and salvation. I don't think he quit praying when he was teaching, preaching, and interacting with people. It was just a different type of prayer. It was prayer in action. 
Jesus was never caught off guard during the day because he had always had his quiet time with the Father. He could see things coming. He could discern the thoughts of those he helped, the hateful thoughts of those who opposed him, and the faithful and repentant thoughts of those who came to him for healing, because he had already been praying. In a way, Jesus' actions themselves could be seen as prayers, the word made flesh, so to speak, words transformed into deeds, truth translated into action, and compassion into healing. Prayer is not just using your brain to imagine what you want to be true. It's not wishful thinking or a visualization technique of the human mind. It's going into your mental and spiritual closet, shutting the door on what the world says, and opening the door to the kingdom of heaven in your heart and seeing what is possible to God. It's bearing witness to what's already true in heaven. Jesus could thank God for the multitudes being fed before it happened because he could see that in heaven, everyone already had everything they needed. He could thank God for hearing his prayer and raising Lazarus from death before he called Lazarus out of the tomb because he could see that there is no death in heaven. All this applies to our prayers as well. We can't just sit around all day in our prayer closets and think there's nothing else to do. Now, don't get me wrong, I have my prayer chair and I spend a lot of time in it. But we need to come out of our prayer closet and put into practice what God has given us. So let's come back to the question, where is the best place to pray? Well, by now you know I'm not talking about a physical location. The closet Jesus tells us to pray in is not a place, but a state of mind. Here's another way to ask the question. Where do you stand when you pray? Are you standing on the rock of truth or on the sand of personal desires? Are you praying with the human mind, self-will, or the mind of Christ, the will of God? Do you pray from the standpoint of the kingdom of heaven being at hand or hereafter? The way you actually live your life, and not what you say you believe, answers these questions and determines to a large degree the effectiveness of your prayers. When Jesus prayed, He stood on his oneness with the Father. He knew nothing could separate him from his divine parent. His modus operandi was to do only God's will. When you pray, do you stand on your oneness with the Father? Jesus prayed for you to experience this relationship of unity with God just as he did. Referring to everyone who would ever believe on him, he prayed, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. That's John 17, 21. Are you standing where Jesus prayed for you to be? Well, if not, you don't have to go anywhere to get there. You just have to shift your whole perspective from what the world tells you is true to what Christ tells you is true. This allows you to see that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and not just way off in the future after you die. To acknowledge that the kingdom of heaven is at hand goes against everything the world has taught us. 
That's why we have to shut the door on it. To the degree that you and I see the supremacy of God's rule, God's kingdom, here and now on earth, and bear witness to the truth that heaven is at hand, we will think like Jesus did. We will pray like Jesus did. And we will heal like Jesus did. Thank you so much for being here today and listening. I am so grateful you tuned in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, a special welcome to you. I encourage you to subscribe. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form and you're all set. And when you subscribe, I'll send you a prayer guide called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. It's my way of saying thanks. That's really what the podcast is all about, imbibing and praying with the mindset of Jesus. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode or anything in the Bible, I'd love to hear from you. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the contact tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form, and I'll be in touch. I look forward to hearing from you. As always, in the show notes for today's episode, I'll have all the Bible references mentioned today. Just go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 143. This is episode 143, and I'll have that link in the podcast app description as well. That's it for today. I want to thank you again for being here and all the ways that you've been supportive of the podcast. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care and we'll see you next time. God bless. God bless.